0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rayburn Report. (laughs) Oh, man, who picks the intro music for this show? Oh, yeah, I do. So I'm coming to you today having prepared literally nothing. This past week has been finals week, and taking eight classes, six classes, 15 classes, however many classes I'm taking this semester has absolutely put me behind And i would not gotten anywhere near the work I want to do on this show actually done. So, it would have been all too easy for me just to say, eh, I'll try to do it Saturday or Sunday or Monday, just keep procrastinating because I wouldn't have been happy with the show's quality that I'm putting out today. However, that goes against everything that I've been trying to do lately, which is to do one small thing every day. Just do one small thing working towards your goals every day even if it's messy, even if it's wrong, even if it's not as clean as you want it to be, even if it's not perfect. Recently I started exercising, and it would have been all too easy today just to not exercise, but I still went and did, just a light jog, a couple of push-ups and sit-ups. It's just small steps. You move a mountain by carrying away small stones. And with that being said, I can at least talk about the things that came out this week. Uh, Trump added Cone mick morris rogers to the administration which hopefully next week i'll be talking with mr joe weaver his opinions he's a uh, much more conservative republican guy than i am and it's gonna be very interesting to get his opinion on what we thought trump was draining the swamp he could be just refilling it with billionaire cronies but maybe i'm coming from a biased point of view and so i'd love to get his uh, perspective on that Uh, obama has also ordered a full review of election hacking reports uh, if you believe that sort of thing went on, I, I personally don't, but it seems to be kind of steered towards Russia. Russia's being made into a, a boogeyman, which which he was. Russia was made into a boogeyman for I mean for the past what 60 years, 70 years, and with the advent of President-elect Trump trying to get closer ties, it's now the Democrats who are being put as the much more anti-Russian people, which is which is a very strange place for them to be. Um, especially considered how it was typically Republicans who had a hard line against Russia or the Soviet Union, as it was known uh, further ago. But take, just with a grain of salt, for a little bit of historical perspective, since the 1950s, the United States has been engaged in overt and covert espionage with governments to be friendly to the United States. We did a lot in Central America. We did it a lot overseas. And so the question needs to be asked if, let, let's say, you are a foreign country and you're very interested in another country's election if you have two candidates to pick from one candidate who's gonna be friendly to you and another candidate who could be let's not say antagonistic let's say geopolitically opposed you know if you try to secure much more diplomatic relations with this country your opposer's gonna get in there and ruin everything and you have information that would hurt one of the candidates who is unfriendly to you in the other election for example And, you know, we're not trying to pick sides because it is very gray what all happened. But in the case of WikiLeaks publishing emails about Senator Clinton, if you had information on both candidates and you only chose to release information that was harmful to one to make your country much more advantageous, is that wrong? Is it not in that country's best interest to do that? And I can't believe I'm saying this because it sounds like I'm defending Russia. But once again, looping back, the United States did this. And it was a horrible, you can look at a very track record, especially in Central and South America, of brutal dictators we supported, including in Iran, because they were friendly to us. So we were acting in our best interest, and if Russia was truly the boogeyman that the Democrats are making them out to be, where they released um, Senator Clinton's emails that made her look bad, then they were doing what's in their best interest because most likely they do want to see President Trump in office just because, You know he's a shake-up. He might be much more friendly to him, and maybe they're thinking they can manipulate him. But we'll see how that goes. Um, Also in the news, and I know a lot of not a lot of international news doesn't reach us here in the United States, especially with this past election. But um, South Korea's President Park has been impeached. Uh, It's a very interesting scandal that went on. Uh, Essentially, this imagine if Tom Cruise ran for president, and while he was president, we learned that Scientology had been controlling his every move. Scientology have been forcing uh, Boeing and NASA to pay money to Scientology to stay in business. The South Korean people, millions of people, by the way, millions, uh, protested and then cleaned up after the protest. It was an absolute amazing model of democracy in action and and people protesting peacefully and achieving real change through their electoral process. Uh, Just seeing that is an absolute wonder. And it really does inspire anyone who may be doubting democracy or doubting republicanism in the modern world today with, with, with election fraud and, you know, popular versus electoral college, yada, yada, yada. I encourage you to look at what they've done over there because to see that demonstration is an absolute inspiration. And it reminds you that people do genuinely care about their elected officials and they're not going to sit back and get stepped on uh, also in the news, uh, President-elect Trump uh, struck a deal with Carrier, uh, a heating and air conditioning company, to stop moving to production to Mexico. And he was lauded because he saved hundreds of jobs. And it turns out that the uh, millions of dollars in tax incentives in, in exchange for maintaining jobs in in Indiana, which I'm actually going to next week to see Mr. Weaver, will be eventually lost to automation as a direct consequence of the deal. They're going to take the sixteen million dollars investment in that factory in Annapolis to automate to drive down the costs so they can stay competitive, said Greg Hayes, the CEO of carrier plant company United Technologies, as he told C N B C is it as cheap quote, is it as cheap as moving to Mexico with lower cost labor? No. But we will make that plant competitive just because we'll make the capital investments there. But what this ultimately means is that there will be fewer jobs, period, end quote. And this goes back to something that that I've believed for a long time, folks. If the manufacturing jobs that a lot of people achieved in the middle class from the 1950s to about the 1970s, they're not coming back Um this is a brand new world where computers are going to do a lot of jobs simpler. It's the, it's the same thing as trying to stop the automated self-checkouts at Walmart or trying to stop automation from taking over fast food um, customer service. It's coming, folks. And it's going to pose a very interesting challenge to us in this country because we are on the forefront of technology. Yes, the United States could be doing more for innovation and to push this technology forward, but we're going to experience a real big growing pain in the coming few, in the coming years especially around 2050 in which the only jobs that are going to be available are going to be high intelligence based service jobs that you have to be trained for that you should be very knowledgeable for however to get that knowledge you're go- people are going to have to go into debt to go to college to get degrees to get pieces of paper that people are going to value very highly and so what's ultimately going to happen is that these easy low-skilled not even low skilled but manually intensive jobs, they're going to go away, and we're going to see the advent of much more mechanization and automation coming. And to people who have worked at a job 10, 20 years, to see that right on the doorstep is very scary. And so I can understand why you would be you know, kind of paranoid about the future, but as it's seen time and time again, there is no stopping this. Uh, my heart does go out to all the people who are going to be affected by this. And In fact, it's going to be coming to my industry, construction industry, very soon. Um, especially and I, I am especially worried about the uh, the truck drivers that drive across America every day, with the advantageous, you know, of, of the self driving car by Google with Uber coming already, uh shaking up the taxi industry, the self driving car is gonna do the same thing. I mean, you know, when you could have a semi truck that has an incredible safety record that you don't have to pay insurance on because it's not technically a person driving the automobile, who doesn't need sleep, who won't fall asleep at the wheel, who, you know, doesn't have a problem going 45 miles an hour the whole way because they're not going to get impatient. They're not going to cut anybody off. They're going to know the route exactly because of the GPS built into their vehicle. Men and women are not going to be able to compete for that. They're not. And so we're going to have some growing pains uh, in the coming years. And I encourage all of you to just diversify yourself, uh, learn, learn new things. The creative people who are listening, I'm not one of them. But uh, the right, right brain people who can draw and do very artistic things that computers can't do, you guys are a little bit more safer than those of us who, who can work with our hands and you know we kind of only know one way of doing things. Um, so just be careful and you know always try to improve yourself, but be on the lookout and, and think about your future a little bit more. Uh, especially, I know we got asked a question once while I was working about our retirement accounts. And a lot of people that I work with didn't invest, didn't have a 401k or any type of investment for their retirement. They, I think they were counting on Social Security completely. Um, every year, about we have about 2% inflation in this country. I think it's 1.9, but let's round it up and we'll just say 2. What that means is that if you're not making 2% more than you were making last year, you're making less money this year. And it's in that way, because goods don't go down 2% with the exception of televisions, I think, but everything else does maintain businesses see, oh, hey, we need to raise prices by 2% next year. Oftentimes, employers are not going to bring this up to you. You need to be making 2% more at minimum every year to keep up with inflation. Otherwise, you're earning less money, and you're putting yourself off in a much worse position going forward. But I don't want to be all dour and sad on this show, so I do want to mention... Uh, in passing at the very least, paying respect and homage to Senator John Glenn, uh, an American hero and an aviation icon. He, he died this past week at age 95. He was a, a World War II and Korean uh, fighter pilot. Mr. John Glenn was the fifth person in space. He was the first American in orbit. He was a four-term U.S. senator, and he was the oldest person to ever visit space. And uh, a little known fact is that Uh, President Kennedy ordered NASA to not fly John Glenn because he was a national treasure and did not want to risk losing him. Kennedy had plans of sending a manned mission to the moon right after Glenn had completed his first American orbit. However, he decided that it was not going to be John Glenn. And and when you look at a man like that who has accomplished, I mean, he, he accomplished an amazing amount in his life. Just to circle back, a lot of us are not going to be americans in orbit or 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 u.s senators fingers crossed but we can do small things every day and especially to one another and so i do want to challenge all of you and it's something that i'm going to get done today to put your christmas lights up and i know that that seems really small and dumb but every year when i would come home for christmas i would come in west i come in through albany and i go through sylvester and uh Right before, I believe it's around Porter's Corner Road, there's a, a very big silo. And every year, a man, whoever owns the property, would decorate it with a giant star. And so I, you know, I'd be coming in, because you know, I try to avoid traffic, so I'd be coming in you know, like at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, It's pitch black, and I'm worried about hitting deer, and I've got the heat and cranked, and I'm listening to the lullaby channel, just trying to get home before falling asleep. And uh, I'd look up, and I'd see that star. And it would remind me that I'm almost home. And so, you know, if you don't have Christmas lights, go to Walmart and buy a single strand. I don't care if, you know, I think they're $2. So I'm headed to Walmart right now. I actually go pick up some and just hang them outside. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to decorate your whole place. You don't have to have animatronics that, that dance in tune with ACDC lyrics like some homes do. Just a single strand just to be someone else's light. Because you never know, and I'm certain that man has no idea that I even exist. And he has no idea the the number of years that I've looked up and I've seen that star and I've smiled because I was almost home. Be someone else's light today, folks.